0: Hey Paranormies, I'm Zane And I'm Kyle And we're back We're back with a good episode So Zane, what has werewolves, ghosts, haunted houses, murder, and investigation stories?
1: Uh, Stephanie Meyer novel worth reading
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't think there's any novel of hers that's worth reading I was giving her a chance here, man Yeah, I know What is it? It is The Warrens Warrens? Ed and Lorraine Warren Most people know them from The Conjuring movies but they actually led very interesting lives.
1: I have a funny feeling I'm about to find out about these interesting lives. <laughs> about and the I... podcast I've been doing for a while now.
0: <laughs> and then I'm like, that's actually the end of the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> literally just be like, well, thanks for coming. <laughs> That'd be so funny. So I didn't start studying about the Warns or learning anything about them until after I saw the first Conjuring movie. What made you interested in them? Just the movie or? Well, I knew the movie was going to be a scary movie, but I thought it'd be one of those cheesy ones. And when I saw it, I walked out of the theater and I was like, that was so good. Why did I have any less expectations for that?
1: Is it one of those ones where you walk out? Because I feel like when I truly appreciate a horror film, um, it's because... Well, obviously it's cuz you can relate to it but it's also because at some <laughs> level you could see it happening in your own life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Have you not seen it? I've never seen it. So okay. I listeners full full openness here. I actually don't like scary movies very much. Um I like thrillers. I like a really good thriller. Oh, yeah. But I am I have a wife who has a rather vivid imagination which pretty much rules out seeing anything paranormal. That um, but I do love real videos of paranormal things. I, for some reason, don't find it at all interesting to watch something if it's not, like, a real event. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about with Mr. Ed Gein, plug, plug, plug.
0: Um, <laughs> for our last episode. Most of those the based
1: before. on true events things are, are kind of iffy at best. So I like seeing, like, home footage. I will say one film I did like, though, I did like The Blair Witch. Um, because it had the feel of a found footage film. There are people that will argue till they're blue in the face that it's real footage.
0: It's not. Sorry, guys. It's not real footage. Debunked. <laughs> but I agree. That one, but I think that's why it did so well is because it was just out of any norm that had been happening at that time. What it's is, so I think cool, it came huh? out, what, 99? Um. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll Google it. <clears throat> Pretty sure it was. While you're looking that up. <clears throat> so the Conjuring movie is actually not the first movie to be made out of the Warrens' stories, like their cases. The very first one was actually the Amityville Horror, which we'll get to at another time. It was
1: 99.
0: It was 99? Okay, cool. They started, actually they founded the New England Society of Psychic Research in 1952. Um, But they are the most well-known paranormal investigators ever. In fact, I don't know if anyone can think of a paranormal investigator other than the Warrens. Only the
1: fake ones on like the History Channel after three in the morning,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Did you know that Hitler
0: built the pyramids?
1: You know that kind of thing, right? No.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but we're going to kind of get into what or what has really made them famous. But I do want to talk about the Warrens specifically and how they got into what they. What they founded the the psychic research, so let's talk about Ed first. <clears throat> Ed was born in September of 1926, and he actually had his first paranormal experience when he was five years old. Uh, he was living in Connecticut with his family. His dad was a cop, which I can relate to, so I felt like the story was a little close to home. Uh, but he he says that he recalls a crabby old lady that. Just I don't know if she lived nearby or if she lived in the house that they eventually moved into, um, but he makes specifically or notes specifically that she doesn't like dogs or kids, <clears throat> and she's the type of person that would kind of sit in the window and watch. Uh, nope. Everyone, and then when something would go awry, she'd go running outside yelling at everybody. I imagine the crazy cat lady from The Simpsons, and I they, she comes outside from and starts SNL. throwing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Throwing the cats at the kids. <laughs> Cat lady from from The Simpsons is a keynote species. <laughs> exactly. Um, about a year after this lady died, uh, Ed recalls that he was on the upper level in his bedroom. And the sun was going down. Just as the sun was setting, he noticed that the closet door opened by itself. And he saw a light in the closet. And it started small like a firefly. And then it opened up. Into just a human apparition right in front of him. Okay, so real
1: quick, we did the episode on ghosts a while back, and listeners, if you haven't listened to it, plug, plug, plug. (laughs) We do an episode on different forms of ghosts. Mm -hmm. Going back, this sounds like a mesh between two. It sounds like an orb and what was the human apparition?
0: I don't remember specifically. I I thought you would ask that. (laughs) I should have looked it up. But at the same time,
1: though, I mean, does that validate uh, if we're if we're going off of? And I say this with as much sarcasm in my voice as I can. Ghost science. Mm -hmm. Um. That doesn't mesh, right? That there's not a
0: ghost that does that. But anyway, continue. Right. However, when the Warrens talk about spirits and ghosts, it's everything is so non-binary that any kind of experience that's abnormal could be a ghost interesting there's so not like there just like some, a go ahead sorry yeah there's not just like a oh you saw an orb so it was this type of ghost oh you saw this so it was this type of ghost the fact that they can cross is definitely a possibility it's also
1: interesting because it begs the question if they are both seeing these things from a totally scientific perspective that's just gnarly psychology that's messing right. with them is there a history of that that you know of of any kind of, of like two and, people witnessing the same thing no i just mean in their family is there a history of any like psychological issues or? there's nothing like oh, interesting.
0: that. interesting okay continue <laughs> Um, so yes, he sees this apparition in front of him and it was the landlady. She was, she was semi-transparent wearing some type of, some type of shroud and she was frowning like she did in life. And then she just disappeared. And he said he was terrified and he told his dad about it and his dad told him to not tell anyone about it. So he didn't, but he never forgot the experience. So I kind of imagine, I'm not sure, and this kind of goes more toward our religious listeners, but I've always been told that if you have a spiritual experience, it's not something you should just go out and share freely, neely, because it kind of loses its value. Well, it's so also I'm something, wondering where if it's something I think... along those lines rather than like hide this, don't tell people because you're crazy, you know?
1: Well, it could be either, really. I mean, it's the whole concept of we don't want to be raging, raising the village crazy kid, mm-hmm. but also. I mean, for me, at least when I think of experiences like that, you share them with people that will trust you once again, psychologically because mm-hmm. they trust you, right. You're not going to tell your coworker at work who you talk to four times a year, an experience you're going tell a friend. And I think to some people that that might cheapen the experience if they told everybody. But mm-hmm. I mean, did they try to profit off of this in any way eventually? No, nope. ok,
0: interesting, and that's what's interesting about all it. I think most most of where they gained their money is from Ed's paintings because he was an artist, oh. They didn't gain. I mean, well, all sounds of, like The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but also with the apparition of the landlady appearing in his house reminds me of another scary movie, uh, Insidious. One I'm sure that you I have, have not, not seen, seen. It, <laughs> which was also made by James Wan, who made the Conjuring movies. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but Ed's father actually told him something that he would quote all the time. Everything has, I, I don't know if I'm quoting this verbatim how it's supposed to be, but pretty much everything has a reason. Everything has. Everything's in order, basically. Interesting. Nothing is random. Um, And as Ed got older, he just went looking for answers and into the strange things going on in the world. So I think that just more intrigued him rather than terrified him. And if you watch the movies, they make it more out to be like, it scared him so much that he had to go and help other people and kids because he wanted to do these things. I mean, yes, maybe to a point, but it's not something that he told people. That's why he wanted to do it. Interesting. I think he was more fascinated by it. Um, and, but then he actually ends up meeting his wife, Lorraine, when they are 16. But let me tell you about Lorraine a little bit. So she's just a little bit younger. She was born January of 1927. Uh, she grew up in a religious home and went to an all-girls Catholic school. As you do. <laughs> uh, when she was younger, she realized that she could see things that others could not. She was born with a gift of clairvoyance. Which I've always been super skeptical about. However, she's always been spot on with a lot of things. So is clairvoyance? Just to clarify, because I'm
1: not sure, is it like foresight? What's the um,
0: clairvoyance? Is the ability to gain information about an object, person, location, or physical event through extensory perception, extrasensory perception?
1: So it is like
0: it, the concept would be it's kind of like. Um... Have you ever read anything by Anne Rice? Well, she wrote another series that's about witches. And the guy gains the ability of clairvoyancy when he touches things. He can see the entire history of it. It Okay. It was interesting. So it's the concept that
1: she could essentially cite. She could like a, like a soothsayer or foresee things. Kind of. Yeah. And like,
0: I think she can just like the way they describe it in the movie. And I don't know if this is accurate or not, but the veil between the living and the dead is very thin for her. Okay, Not that she can see spirits, but she can definitely sense them there. Okay. Um, but she recalls a story when she was 12 years old and she realized that her sixth sense was not something that everyone had. For school on Arbor Day, uh, they had planted a tree in class and shortly after they plant, planted the little sapling, Lorraine saw it as a full-grown tree with large branches filled with leaves and it was blowing in the wind. And She was just kind of sitting there looking up the sky and a nun from the school came and asked her why she was looking at the sky and Lorraine told her she was looking at the tree. The nun asked... Um, uh, do you think you're looking into the future? And Lorraine says, yeah, I think I am. And they immediately sent her to pray because (laughs) it was a demonic thing that she possessed. And it's different. uh, Burn it. (laughs) Exactly. And so she said she was sent to a retreat where she had to pray all day long. She couldn't play. She couldn't talk. All she could do was pray. And after that, she realized that she needed to keep that under wraps and not tell anybody about it.
1: Interesting. And
0: she's convinced of this. Yes. Um, and then Ed and Lorraine met when they were 16. Uh, Ed was working at the Colonial Theater in Bridgeport. And they became friends just right off. Uh, one night, Ed was walking Lorraine home and asked her on a date. And then the rest is history. But, well... I'll kind of go into that history. <laughs> no, the rest of the episode is history. That's, yeah, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, at 17, Ed actually went into the Navy. And four months later, I guess his ship sank. I literally could not find any more information other than the fact that his ship sank in the North Atlantic. And then he was home for a 30-day survivor leave. And while he was home for those 30 days, they got married. Um, and then he did end up going back. He did serve in World War II. And then Ed Lorraine had a daughter, um, and I don't remember the daughter's name. So this would
1: be World War I when his ship sank, right? Mm, Let's see,
0: 1927 is when he was born, so 17 years after that. So that'd be like
1: just before World War
0: II. Just before World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, But after the war, Ed came back and he went to school. He went to an art school, and he actually ended up dropping out after two years. Oh, that's not
1: good. He might go invade Poland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he felt like he was just learning, like, geometry while he was there, and he's like, I don't really need this. And and
1: he doesn't. That sound
0: like (laughs) totally sounds like me. Um, So what he decided to do was just go and sell his paintings like he would just paint scenery or whatever. And then he'd sell them. Well, he'd sell them for like three, four, sometimes even five dollars, which is not a lot today. But when they describe it back then, that hot dog was 10 cents um, to get. So he was making decent money as as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. And then Ed started kind of looking into rumors of ghost sightings and things like that. And they would go to those sites and paint them. And he was trying to get Lorraine kind of on board because she's like, uh, ghosts aren't real. And then he would remind her, I have had this experience as a child. And clearly with her clairvoyance, she kind of was on the same level that he was. Um but yeah, he would hear about haunted locations or haunted houses, and he would drag Lorraine along to check, uh, along to check it out. So she was unwilling. She didn't believe any of this? Or? Well, it's not that she was unwilling. I think she was very skeptical. Like, oh, it's a haunted house. You're really going to go paint it? But kind of what he wanted to do was paint the house, offer to sell the painting to the homeowners, and then tell them, did you know that there's this ghost history in your house? And then they were able to kind of investigate the homes. That's kind of where the... Where the so he's kind society, of a good sales guy, yeah. This is where the New England Society of Psychic Research kind of started. Is him doing things like that? Interesting, all right. Since the inception, I'm gonna call it NESPR, but it's just because that's the acronym N E S P R, Nesper. Nesper. just because it's <laughs> easier sounds like to get CRISPR. Through. All right, right. I'm going to continue. So, Nesper the Investigative research Um, they have to this day investigated over 10,000 cases now remember not every single one of those 10,000 cases resulted in actual spirits or hauntings and who, who are Nesper real quick Kyle. Let me say that again. It is New England Society of Psychic Research.
1: So that's that's the people from the beginning. Okay, perfect. Well, it's still the
0: Warrens, but it's their... It's, their, it's their, their society. Yeah, yeah, it's their okay. society. Now, they started it. They were the heads of it, but I think there were people that still helped them and were like hear stories or help them get speaking gigs and mm. things like that, you know? Okay. Um, they've written numerous books, given countless presentations and interviews, and their cases have been involved in movies such as The Conjuring. Not every single Conjuring movie in the universe is based off of the Warrens. Yeah. The first one is based off of one of their stories. The second one is based off of one of their stories. Everything else is not. Um, everything else is just kind of a figment of different rumors and things like that. It's all basically just creative liberties. Yeah, all of the Annabelle movies, none of those are actual factual information. Okay. Um but it's not just the Conjuring Universe movies, but the Amityville horror movies as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, not all of the Amityville horror stu- movies are accurate, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, um, but even parts of Poltergeist um, were taken from the Warrens' investigations.
1: So are they kind of like the, like? not to put it in a stupid light, but to put it in a stupid light, um, they're like the paranormal Ed Gein. Yeah. Where, like, everything's based
0: off of them? Right. Everything okay. kind of started because they have so many cases and so many different things, and people have heard stories, and so it's like, oh, we could take that. I've heard this before, you know? Or, like, this is spooky. Let's use this one. Okay. Exactly. Um, specifically in the Poltergeist, and I'm trying to remember because it's been a minute since I've seen it, but there's a part where a guy is looking in the mirror, and the in his reflection in the mirror, his skin is, like, melting, even though it's not really melting.
1: It sounds like a Stephen King. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it's like just his skin's just, like, falling off of his face. Well, something like that did that scene specifically did happen with the Warrens, even though the guy wasn't melting or anything in the mirror. Whatever was haunting the house made him see that he was melting.
1: So this sounds like if we're gonna go back to that first episode, this sounds like a demon then, because essentially a lot of times it's, it's yeah.
0: malicious and it doesn't want them there. Okay, exactly. interesting. Exactly. So they have some super popular cases. Uh, they've got the Harrisville Farm, the. Eh, Ainfield Poltergeist. I can never say that city. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It case, Annabelle, the Snedeker House, and the Amityville Horror Case. So I think they're one of their most popular cases in current, among current generations is the Harrisville case, because that is the case that the Conjuring movie is based off of. Um, and this is, it's all about this 19th century witch who had owned all this land And according to the Warrens, her name was Bathsheba Sherman, and she cursed the property, and whoever lived there would somehow die some terrible death. Um, They didn't go into the history of the death. Now, they briefly do in the movie, but I think it's a little more Hollywood-ish in the movie, but it still did happen, that people who owned that land would die in random ways. And it wasn't just like... And, and pe- it wasn't ways that was like, oh, he vanished. It was like some crazy accident would happen and the person would die. Like, and
1: it would be some like gruesome accident. Yes. Okay, interesting. And now, it was, it remind me real quick. I know you just said it. But yeah. When, was the, when did the witch curse the place? Like what? It's just frame? said in the 19th century. Okay, so it,
0: it was fairly long ago though. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. But close enough that it's in living memory. Okay, continue. Right. Now, she owns so much land that it started getting divided up and being sold off, you know, as land eventually does yeah i mean it, it becomes more and more valuable with time exactly so it wasn't just like the people that owned this house it was the actual property itself like so after it had been the divided house, the whole yeah property. after okay. it had been divided people would they were owning the property in different areas were dying that's actually deaths. really
1: spooky because that means the entire parcel of land you could have like multiple hauntings in different houses it's always one house yes and it's always owned mm-hmm. by some family whose mom teaches school and whose dad Makes woodcraft and then he's paddling to work one day in his canoe and dies mysteriously because the cat has come back to life. But anyway, continue.
0: (laughs) Right. Stephen King. (laughs) No, I'm trusting you'll probably never see this movie. And if any, if I'm giving away any spoilers, I'm not sorry because the movie's been out for seven years. So you should probably just watch it all. You haven't seen it. You're on Yeah. Um, But the movie ends with um, an exorcism in the basement. it's kind of impromptu because the priest isn't there. And so Ed has to do it even though he's not licensed or trained or whatever, but he's been through enough exorcisms that he has to do this. When you can use the phrase, I've been through enough exorcisms. <laughs> I think you're qualified. You need that to point. stop listening to Marilyn Manson and get your <laughs> together. <laughs> um, but, and, and I actually read because I thought, is this hol- uh, Hollywoodified a little bit? That sounds like it. And the girls that went experienced all this cause they had five daughters and they experienced the hauntings in the house and saw this witch, and the witch was trying to possess the mom. They've come out and said that it's not the witch, but it's a demonic force that has taken the image of the witch, and that's what's u- that's what it's using to terrify the family.
1: At the risk of sounding like a naysayer here, you're fine. How Skeptical do they know? It was like I, I just I feel like it's very. I my my role here today is to poke holes, right? So. Yes. My thought is this. How do you know what a demonic spirit being has decided to (laughs) manifest itself as? Granted, if you see it multiple times and it it happens with these things, that's fine. But I just feel like it's very, like, uh, cliche, I guess you could say? Okay. No,
0: I agree. However, they have seen this, the witch walking through the house. Now, in the movie, it's terrifying because she's not watching or just walking through the house. She's, like, jumping out of them. As you do when you're a spooky demon. Yes, as as you do in in Hollywood scary movies. Mm -hmm. But the girls said that they would see her walking around the house and that she was terrifying. Now, what we learned in one of the first episodes is a spirit that has already lived cannot possess a, a new body. So it would have to be a demon, something that has never possessed a body to be able to possess someone else. Because it's
1: free roaming and it hasn't already possessed a body. That makes right. perfect sense yes. to me.
0: So that I, I, does that kind of answer your question, I guess, a little bit? Or yeah. your skepticism? I mean, it, to an extent it does. I still I still have, you know, my, my thought uh, is... No, I do too. Like, even when preparing all this, I'm like, oh, you know, this is interesting. But then I'm like, but this could be explained this way. Yeah. And so, I think, and I think, we'll think you should. More. Honestly, I think you should. You shouldn't go into any of these cases being like, oh, this really happened. I'm not saying they didn't happen because clearly they did. but is there a more scientific explanation of it rather than just possession or spirits?
1: Well, sure. And I think that's what we're getting into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, out of 10,000 cases, do I believe that they came across demons and spirits? 100%. Are any of these cases that I'm going to talk about spirits or demons? I don't know. Well, applying blind squirrel finds a nut
1: once every often. Right. Know, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: So, uh, but yeah, the girls are all still alive today. No one died, luckily. Uh, the exorcism was successful. And... Um, when the movie came out, the girl, all five daughters, had been interviewed, and they said, "Yes, this is definitely Hollywood's version of what happened, but this is accurate." Okay. Um, and in their basement where the exorcism happened, it was a dirt basement, and all the girls said that none of them would ever go down there. I'm telling you right now. I wouldn't go down there. Oh, nope. no. Big yeah, even nope. before, even before the Exorcism, Dirt Basement
1: equals someone was murdered and bled out down here. Like, I'm just saying. And like, you I, just dug in. Dude, if, I mean, I, if I went into a dirt basement, I'd be like, oh, my goodness. Well, uh-huh. then, no wonder this house says John
0: Wayne Gacy exa- on the front. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, that's exactly what I was oh, going to cool. say. So where does the killer clown live? <laughs> oh, you guys were digging over there? Oh, mm, it's a body-shaped Honey, hole. Honey, look at the <laughs> nice body hole. <laughs> exactly. Um, But, yeah, that's, like I said, for our current generation, I think that's their most popular case. Another one that was super popular just because it was very well documented. But this case was kind of proven to be incorrect. But I'm going to let you kind of make your own assumption here. Okay. Um, It's the Enfield poltergeist. And this is just obviously took place in Enfield, England. Oh, my gosh. So that that one ten times fast. and Enfield, Enfield, England. Enfield, England. Enfield, England. Um, but yes, this story is portrayed in The Conjuring 2. Um, and the Warrens were only involved just a little bit less than what the movie portrays. So most of these things actually happened before the Warrens even got there. So they had caught... So, so the entire family was witnessing all these different things happening. Doors were locking. People were waking up in different parts of the house. Things were moving around, flying around the That's house. That's
1: poltergeists for sure.
0: Poltergeists, yeah. Yep. Um. Until one day, um, someone caught the daughter, the one of the younger daughters, throwing a tantrum and claiming to be the ghost. So, anytime they would like put a tape recorder in the house, she would hide it and like. So there, they turned it out to be. Um, that she was an overactive child and she was just doing this for attention. I can totally get where they're coming from, especially with the evidence that they have. However, in the movie, they say, because the Warrens are leaving at this point, saying, you faked this, we're not staying here to try and pretend that we're investigating anything. And Janet, which is the girl that was reacting to everything around her and just throwing a tantrum, she... She told her brother, in, uh, again, I'm going based off a movie, she told her told her brother that the spirits told her to do that, otherwise they wouldn't leave them alone.
1: Interesting. So she's claiming that she's trying to, like, save the family, yes. basically? Okay.
0: Now, this case has some really famous pictures. I'm not sure if you've seen them of the girl that looks like she's jumping out of bed and she's wearing a red dress. Yeah. No, I have seen that one. Uh-huh. So that's Janet, and she says that she's being thrown out of bed. And so that's why they took picture a picture of it. And there's so many arguments saying, well, she's just jumping. And yes, she could be jumping, but at the same time, she may be thrown out of bed. I mean, this is one of the ones that's more questionable out of all of them. But like I said, the Warrens weren't really that involved as if the movie portrays. Then we've got another case. It's the Devil Made Me Do It case. And it's uh, the guy who was involved. His name is Cheyenne Johnson, which I'm like this close to saying Cheyenne Jackson every single time. I'm not going to lie. When you
1: said it, my brain went Shia
0: LaBeouf. So that's still better. (laughs) I'm like, wow, a cannibal and that. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But the case of Cheyenne Johnson is interesting and it's actually going to be one of the next Conjuring movies that comes out later this year. Um, So I'll just give you a brief rundown of it. He is on trial for the murder of his landlord and just before that murder happened the Warrens were actually called in to investigate a da- demonic possession of his fiance's younger brother. And the Warrens were like his this kid you want us to investigate is not in any type of possession. However, the other guy is and they pointed, you know, they they singled out Cheyenne Johnson and said he's Potentially possessed. And then he kills his landlord shortly after. Interesting. Um, and so he uh, claimed not guilty by reason of demonic possession. And I'm just going to tell you that does not go down very well in court. And he was convicted. Um, I don't know much more about that. I'm wondering if a lot of information has been... A little bit pulled back on on the internet because there's different books that are on it that, like I said, that new movie coming out later this year is on it. So that's super weird, I, man. Yeah, I, I that's one case that I do want to look a little bit more into. There's a lot of holes there. That's the one thing I see for that. Absolutely, absolutely. But their names were drug into it, and that's why it's considered one of their more famous cases. Okay. Um, probably other than the Amityville horror. And the Snedeker house, probably their most popular case ever is Annabelle. Now, like I mentioned early, the, earlier, the Annabelle movies are not accurate. Can I
1: break the spoiler on this one? Yeah. Annabelle wasn't even a girl. It's, it's not a female, uh, like, marionette-style uh, doll at all. It's actually a male doll, and it's dressed like a sailor. Close. Um, it's currently held in, like, a museum-style exhibit. But there's something even eerier about it. Not only is it held in this museum-style exhibit, but if you take a picture of it, legend has that terrible, terrible things happen to you unless you write the doll an apology. Yes. And people do. Absolutely. All the time. So this museum or whatever it is gets letters from these people apologizing for taking photographs, saying they'll never do it again, and their lives are, like, destroyed by this possessed doll that yes. the Annabelle series it's is based not, on.
0: Yeah, that's not a myth. That really has happened, and the Warrens <clears> keep track <throat> of all of that. However, you are very close. It's not just in a sailor suit. It's Raggedy Ann. It's is a Raggedy it? Ann doll. Okay, hang on. I'm thinking
1: of a different doll then. There's like a totally different one. I know who you're one.
0: thinking of. I can't think. Of, it's a bu- It's a boy, and I can't think it's of his like name. It's
1: like the blue one with its face is really eerie it's looking. Kind of yeah, a- I'll find it, and then yep. we'll get into that. I'm just going to look at possessed doll and see if I can find it. But
0: yes, it. it's a Raggedy Ann ball ball raggedy and raggedy doll. And balls all right <laughs> raggedy Ann, ball Ah, oh, i did it again <laughs> i know what's going at the end of this episode i said to too hey lucille balls raggedy <laughs> Ann, ball <laughs> lucille <laughs> um, okay <Yeah. laughs> now all of the annabelle movies like i said are all fictional stories all three of them Um, However, at the beginning of The Conjuring, there's a short little two to three minute clip of the Warrens um, interviewing two girls and a guy about the Annabelle doll. That really did happen. And that's the story that I'm going to get into here. So in 1968, a nursing student and her roommate were tormented by the doll. And so it, it just started out small, like an arm would move or they like set her somewhere else and she'd be in a different spot of the house and neither one of them had moved her and so just like weird different things like that and any type of demonic infestation it always starts small like that and that's what the the warrens have reported i just there's a little note here i read a book called the demonologist which is kind of a brief hi- history of the warrens and it's fascinating it was written by ed and lorraine warren and so it's their actual words and it's very interesting um a lot of the book is mainly just warnings, like, don't do this and stay away from this and stay away from Ouija boards. That's like their biggest thing is like Ouija boards. Okay. Um. Anyway, so they're tormented. And so they decide to invite a psychic medium into the house being like, hey, what does the doll want? And the psychic is like, oh, it's actually it's it's a ghost who had who used to own the doll. And her name was Annabelle. And she just really wants a friend. Well. That friend was not really a little girl named Annabelle, it was a demonic spirit who wanted to um, infest their lives. Um, so they decided, yeah, you know what, we'll take care of her. It's just this poor little girl. Um, so they accepted responsibility of the girl, which completely opens them up for um, demonic infestation and for the spirit to that was inhabiting the doll to become more malicious and frightening. So the main nurse, they never gave any names, so I'm
1: sorry. So real quick, that means essentially by inviting the girl in, they're inviting that that demon into their lives. That's super creepy. Continue, yes,
0: absolutely. Um, like I said, I don't, they didn't give any names, so I'm sorry. But the first, the main girl who owned the doll, um, her boyfriend would come over and he would stay the night. And anytime he was alone with the doll, weird things would happen. Like the lights would go out and then something would tackle him to the ground. And they would leave claw marks and bite marks all over his body, and he would have, like, scratches, but it wasn't, like, a fist scratch. It was, like, mm-hmm. three little claws.
1: A likely story. The puritanical streak in this country screams they were having freaky monkey sex and <laughs> he needed to get away with it somehow.
0: But three claws? Dude, whatever you're into. Okay. I can, I can totally understand that, but he was terrified. I would be, too. Puritanical streak, my friend. Shotgun
1: wedding. This is before they knew what contraceptives were. That's
0: true. So they end up getting a hold of the Warrens. I don't know how they got on, in touch with them, but the Warrens ended up coming over and taking the doll. Uh-huh. Now, to answer your question, or what you were saying earlier, yes, the doll is still in the the museum. And the museum was actually kept in the Warrens' house. And they, oh, nope. they had a priest come and bless it once a week. But the Annabelle doll, 100% behind locked glass, like, it is probably one of the most... Yes, you're right, photographed, and weird things would happen. In fact, there was one guy, um, and the Warrens talk about this in one of their books, uh, he tapped on the glass and said, I don't believe you could really do anything, prove it to me, move, and nothing happened, so he left, and on his way, leaving, he got in a motorcycle accident and died. And so the Warrens were always like, please don't even touch the glass, don't threaten it, don't challenge it, nothing, don't so real do quick, anything. plug, 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 first episode, don't with demons. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yes they ended up taking the doll home and it's now in their museum um, but there's actually two other cases the Snedeker house and the Amityville horror that I want to get into Ooh, the Amityville horror Ooh. but I'm actually going to make everyone wait until next time. no <laughs> because those two cases are far I, would, I wouldn't say they're far more interesting but they have a lot more detail and the Amityville horror story has been told 17 different ways yes Seventeen different Amityville horror movies have been made since the happened. Not to mention the steamy fan fiction. <laughs> exactly, but yes, I'm going to make everyone wait till next week to, to get into those. You guys, tune in next time. Wait a minute, I? I'm going to do.
1: Tune in next time for our terrifying experience with the Amity, 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 Bill, 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 Bill horror. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> That's it. Come back next time, you hungry. B- <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. To keep up to date on what's happening on the podcast, follow us on Instagram at guys of Also, if you have any stories you want to share with us, email us at pnormalguys at gmail.com.